It's the end of the world as we know it. Oh yeah. They're turning humans into Klingons and it's the end of the world as we know it. Oh yeah. War between human and Klingon is brewing and it's the end of the world as we know it. How could this happen? Okay I lied. It's time for some rules of acquisition. Hello and welcome to the Rules of Acquisition, a podcast about the greatest show about Klingon society, I guess. Sure. Uh, sorry, Discovery. Uh, um, yes, yeah, Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Uh, my name is Wade Bowen, and with me, as always, is James Nolan. Hey, guys. And Hugh Crawford. Hello. And, <laughs> hi. Hello. How's it going? <laughs> and, yep, uh, we're talking about an episode now called Apocalypse Rising. We are all the way through the first, we're on the back half of the whole series now. We're not, we're in season five out of seven seasons. And I think we're off to a good start. Yeah, this is uh, episode one of season five. It originally aired on September 30th, 1996, and here is the IMDb description. With the war between the Klingons and Federation intensifying, Cisco must make a plan to expose Galron as a changeling. Odo is still having trouble becoming a solid. <laughs> um, it fails somehow to mention that... that uh, the crew goes undercover yeah. versus oh, yeah. Klingons. <laughs> that, how in the world do you have an IMDb description <laughs> and you fail to mention that O'Brien, Cisco, and Odo dress up as Klingons? Right. <laughs> I don't know. Um, this has got some good – this is a good episode, I, right? This is like one of the no, favorites. I, I disagree. It had no characters. I don't understand where the plot is going. No, <laughs> oh, no this episode's great. This episode's great. Great, great. <laughs> I'm not a no, malcontent no. who doesn't like anything because I like this. <laughs> like, <laughs> All right. Yeah, this this is some good stuff here. Uh, we get to watch Cisco fully lean into his Klingon character. This may, be, which this is, may be all told my favorite Cisco episode. Really? Like, yeah. I, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, he's, I think he's pretty great in it, though apparently this is like one of his least, Avery Brooks's least favorite episodes. I haven't read what? that. I didn't read that. I, I I saw an interview where somebody asked him what his two least favorite episodes were, and he went immediately to move along home. Yeah. And then and then Rightfully he just talked. So. Yeah. And then he talked about how much he hated being in the Klingon makeup. Makeup. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now o apparently O'Brien was the biggest pussy on earth about the makeup. Oh yeah. I I have I did hear Michael Dorn at that convention I went to forever ago. Yeah. It's like yeah that guy was. Yeah, yeah, Michael whiny. Dorn, like, apparently, like, I mean, like, I, I think this was the, like, everything I read, Michael Dorn was like, like, ah, motherfuckers, this is my life. <laughs> right. Is, right. Uh, I've been doing this for 10 fucking years, right. motherfucker. <laughs> All right. Uh, Rene Aubergeois played a Klingon in Star Trek. Fake Klingon. Uh, five. The, fake Klingon. Yeah, fake Klingon. Yeah, fake Klingon The, the Undiscovered yes. Country. What? Right, right. That's what that. Yeah, we that was my yeah. point. Is that yeah? He's that's all right. Where did he play a fake Klingon? Undiscovered country. Oh, the traitor. Yeah. Oh. oh. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. That's oh, okay. Yeah. So. Awesome. Uh, 
that's a fun distinction as he's played. Yeah, he's yeah. never played a Klingon, but played two Klingons. That's funny. Uh, played yeah, fake, yeah, fake, two fake yeah. ones, yeah. Cats out of the bag. We oh, like we them. get a great scene at the beginning where they're where where they're waiting for Cisco to return, oh, yeah. right? And then it looks like shit might go down between Worf and Major yeah, Kira. Yeah, they're kind oh, of bumping yes. And I kind of feel bad for for, for Worf because I don't like I like fully believe that you don't want to fuck with Major Kira when the when it comes down to these decisions. Yeah, oh, especially yeah. especially when she's pregnant. Exactly. <laughs> Worf would have a lot of guilt over. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, just the her, her like. Her voracious drive, only manifested <laughs> by what you know, something that would increase that drive. Oh right, right. Is a yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. I can't. Yeah, that was a great. I'm trying to yeah. think. Is there a, like dull spots to this episode? Because uh, normally it was something like the something like the you know, the Bashir episode where they shoehorn in. This is not your oh, fault. Recap. There you go. Of, Thank you. Of Thank the, you. Yes. Uh, oh, <laughs> where they. Where they make that little, it's a like, it's a like a knowing, a knowing joke because yeah, yeah. it is her. You did it this is, to me. It's like, mm. yeah. This is still your fault. My the fault. actor's fault. Yes, yeah. I like that too. Because there's they're together one in real life. line reading that I find pretty dull, but I'll get there when I get there. Yeah, because Cisco and Dax have taken the Rio Grande out to give Starfleet intelligence. Every time now and then, they have to go back to Earth to like talk about the Dominion issues, I guess. And they've had to talk about the that Gowron is a changeling. Mm-hmm. Kira and Worf almost like, we need to go after them. And she's like, nope, we don't. He said, stay here and I'm your com- superior officer. And the ship shows up just in time that for them that he doesn't pull a mutiny or anything. No, he never would. <laughs> but uh, yeah. Yeah. And so he goes to greet them and Starfleet says they are, they're sending an infiltration team in and... Kira's like, oh, well, that's going to be tough shit. I don't envy the person that has to do that. Who are they sending? Who are they sending? Me. Yeah, it's pretty great. Me. He's a, yeah, that, that's a, that, yeah, yeah. So he gets to assemble his crew. Like his, right, his... right, yeah, his dirty dozen. <laughs> five guys. Uh, it seems to me, I, I, I thought of this at the beginning, and I thought there's no way that you don't write Worf as going, but that seems like that would be dangerous, wouldn't it? Because he's going to be recognized. Well, because he's, yeah. yeah, like everybody. Yeah, he's he's visible. Like the, the people that they're hiding from, like know him on a personal right. level. <laughs> and they could tell one Klingon from another. Yeah. Maybe that. It yeah, did he... seem to be a little bit of like all Klingons look alike. Just take your hair down. <laughs> we're not used to we're not used to seeing you with your hair down. So that'll flummox them. Like, right. and I was I was kind of like, there's. Uh, don't like I that's one of those like you got to like make that leap that you got to give yeah, the story yeah, that yeah. because right, right. My, Michael Dorn has to be there and then maybe that I thought maybe they could they could fuck with his face too and make him like well, they they did do that on they've done that with him before when him and his brother before his brother tries to commit suicide they infiltrate a Cardassian uh, they infiltrate a bird of prey and they make him look not like Worf because well, yeah. obviously they're going to recognize Worf. But in this one, they're just like, come on, just just, just, just go with it. Just wear your hair down. Yeah, yeah. They go to the Quark's bar and the FCA sign is still the writ of. Oh, yeah. Still, yeah. yeah, that's still on the wall. They keep that. They keep that going. He's still fooked into yeah, being. And, yeah. you know, and <clears throat> we deal with the repercussions of Odo being a. Human now, you know. Cisco goes. Where's he won't Quark? Stop is- talking about his massive shits. He takes right, all the time. Right. Well, he goes up and he's like, "Oh, <laughs> do you do you hear those bubbles?" 
I'd fuck those bubbles. <laughs> Beer sure uh, is seductive. I had no idea how seductive they could be. I'd fuck I this like beer. the bubble scene a lot. I'm not I'm not here to vary the bubble scene. Yeah. Um or his fascination with bubbles or his fascination with be, being drunk. That would be oh, I like, like that. What well, yeah, yeah, that would be fine with that. I what I don't I'd pick another human foible to like obsess over than than carbonation it's a weird it's a weird one <laughs> it is but I, i'll i'll go with it iris maybe maybe that that might be one of the things that it being weird is is what makes it so delightful yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's yeah, quirky yeah. it's quirky i'm not i'm not and predictable if you're gonna write a list of uh human foibles for a new alien to experience for the first time carbonation's low enough that yeah yeah, yeah. he doesn't find his work as fulfilling he wants Cisco to like take Deputy Indar or whatever. You need someone that can turn into Gowron's pet Targ. And Cisco's like, fuck it, I want you, you dumbass, because we're, we're going to discover a changeling. We're still going to take you, even if you're not liquid. You don't have to be into it. <laughs> yeah, right. You, know, mm-hmm. you still need to do your job, asshole. Yeah, right. yeah. I, don't, I don't care if you're sad. <laughs> <You're right. laughs> here's, a, here's a secret. Wait, none of us like everybody has to work. Don't like it, motherfucker. That's that's what my dad tells me all the time. I'm sorry that you've always been fulfilled at your job, but you know, like yeah, right. The most infuriating thing my dad is like, well, that's why they call it work. Yeah, okay. Do you think I wanted to be in charge of this shithole right after like Captain Picard killed my wife? You felt like I felt like getting up in the morning. We all have bad shit that happens to us. We still got to do our job. You got to do your shit, yeah. Even in the future. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and I I basically loved Odo's arc in this episode. I loved... um, I did too, yeah. It's fun watching him be that way, and it it had some purpose in the script. Um, O'Brien, on the other hand, and I think this is actual external factors. I think he hated the makeup so much that he just forgot to give a performance. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. yeah there, that's like, possible that he's not comfortable acting underneath the makeup, which is yeah. something that I insist is important for any actor. Yes. On, you know, oh yeah, yeah, the, yeah, low, yeah. the low point of the episode, which is a line reading, is from O'Brien. O'Brien, yeah, yeah. yeah. O'Brien is. You're not getting Colm's best in this episode. <laughs> no, <laughs> Colm. Yeah, where are you going? The headquarters is in Tigacor. There's an asteroid field protecting it. Tachyon detection grid, blah, blah, blah. They can't beam in. What are they going to do? Oh, they're going to pose as members of the Yannis Slith, which is the Brotherhood of the Sword. They're going to a rave, and at the end of the rave is an award ceremony. It's so <laughs> yes. Klingon. <laughs> yeah, and we're going to expose them. And then Worf is like, well, why don't we just assassinate them? And like, Worf, no, <laughs> that's not what we're about. We're going to expose them instead because... Starfleet gave us these dot 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 thermal detonators. No, my <laughs> tennis yeah. balls. Yeah, he's got a thermal detonator. No, uh, sorry, the balls are weird. You're right. They did all look like thermal detonators. <laughs> the balls are weird because uh, that's like a like that's been adopted as one of those like stark industry technological whozits in the Marvel movies. And they all usually snap to some sort of grid. Oh, yeah. And it was weird to have these just clunky balls and they don't have magnets. So they have to like, it's like, it's like an Easter egg. Like they got to <laughs> shove right. it, shove it in the, like the nook of the tree or whatever. Or in this right. case, these giant homoerotic Las Vegas style Klingon statues. <laughs> right. But yes. yeah. Oh, the, the Kronos Casino is pretty <laughs> awesome. 
Yes. <laughs> They've got their modified Polaron emitters that are going to scramble a changeling. When I push this Roku remote. <laughs> yes, it doesn't like a Roku remote. <laughs> yeah, and Miles hates prototypes. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, yeah. Worf is like, well, they'll sing many songs in our honor if we can pull this off. And then how are they going to get there? They get Ducat to show up with Damar and still take his Klingon ship because, you know, he's hates the Klingons and it's fighting against them, blah, blah, blah. I, I liked, that was a, I had forgotten that you get like surprise Ducat. Yeah. And like good surprise Ducat. Like it's, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. you get like best Ducat there. And Damar yeah, is yeah. like the full, the Damar character. It's not like the, right, right. Whatever half thought out thing he was in the last episode. He's, he's all surprised with Kira pregnant. Like, Oh, uh, till first minister Shakar, he's a lucky man. And she's like, no, it's not his. <laughs> Like what? And yeah, that was a funny little comedic moment where she's like, "It's it's O'Brien since she's having fun with it." Chikar's not the father. Then who is? Chief O'Brien. Yeah, they're, they're having a, a good time yeah, with yeah. the baby switcheroo. Oh yeah, they're not refusing to not make jokes about it. like they're they're right. they're getting all their joke quotients in on that. Yeah, and I think that it probably rightfully so. It does seem that when you're watching it a series and you're running a podcast and you're overthinking this shit, you're like, why do they, why do they got to make a joke every chance? But you're like, f- there's syndicated television in the nineties. There's a good chance that people forgot or didn't watch last week's episode. Yeah. So you kind of right. like, and all of a sudden you have this actress. It's like, you have to constantly kind of explain away the premise. Cause it's such Recap a, it. yeah, yeah, cause yeah. it's such a weird thing. You kind of got to mention it every time it comes, you, you see your big, big old belly. So yeah. Yeah. Beautiful glowing belly. So so inspiring to see life being carried into this world. Uh, sorry. It's, it's okay. Hey, you got two kids, man. Can... I've gone through this twice now. I, for, I forgot the language. It's been a while. I, if I, I would sound like a crass asshole who just doesn't understand how beautiful childbirth is. Yeah, yes. But, uh, but, there's nothing beautiful about childbirth. Yeah. All right. but, Oh, we've been over it on the podcast. Yes, yes, we have. I told you. <laughs> uh, Ducat wants prom pictures of all them in their Klingon makeup. Oh, yes. We're like, oh, we need a hollow. Yeah. yeah. Damar's having none of it. It's like, y'all are going to be dead. I don't care. They um, <laughs> they had to explain a way that there's really no reason Jedzia couldn't go there. Oh, yeah. Because, like, Jedzia is smarter about Klingon culture than all of them. Including, <laughs> O'Brien. Yeah, including, that's true. Yeah, yeah, but they had to... And she's the science officer, so she can handle the the, the prototypes. Yes. So. Right, right. And it's not like... And I did appreciate watching through this episode. I was like, uh, this is kind of sexist. There ain't no uh, ladies in here. I was like, and oh, they and do have a... Fully, yeah. There's one lady Klingon, yeah. Um, but the reason for that is that Terry Farrell has an allergy to latex. Oh. So they couldn't write that into the story. Yeah. So I'll be darned. Yep. So even though that would have been better than O'Brien. Yeah, better than O'Brien. I bet he developed a quote unquote allergy to latex after they asked him to do it again. Yeah, he has uh, he's more of an emotional allergy yeah. to <laughs> Yeah, he says all he remembers. Like, he doesn't remember, like, the lines or the scenes. Because I guess he doesn't watch the episodes. But, and I get that. But, like, he was like, all I remember is just the makeup hell. <laughs> yeah. Vilix Pram is budding again. They talked about him way back in, like, Melora or something. Uh-huh. Or way back, they talked about the guy. But he's got, like, two, four, eight to 18 children in his quarters. That goes back to the comedic. Yeah. This is your fault for getting me pregnant, Bashir. Yeah. And that's where you can start building up some 
some of the I mean like now we're we're over the hump season so like we're right. you can start sort of paying off these inside jokes that he established early. Yeah. I'm sure the headless ex-boyfriend of Jadzia keeps coming up and a headless right. clear crystal oh, skull. Yeah, he starts coming up more often, I guess. Yeah. Kira's like, "Oh, can you are you going to be able to put their old faces back?" Like, "Uh, oh, cuz you're a shitty doctor." Her her her. Yes. And then, then at the very end, he's like, I can give you any face you want. I can give you a human face, a Bajoran face, a Trill face. It's like, you motherfucker, that's all the same faces. Yeah. It's all, yeah. <laughs> I, do all it's, I do think it's weird. I guess I get that Odo's this austere fucker, but I like... I do, I, I do question the decision to, yeah, fix this shit. Like, why do I... If, I, if I'm not a changeling... Then why live like this? But I guess that, like, I mean, I'm sure it's some sort of identity, but he's already got an identity crisis anyway. And some people lean into that shit. And why? I don't know. I, I, I my, my suggestion would lean into it, get a new face. Oh, yeah. They don't, they don't, so that, again, <laughs> the cast from week, people watching week to week was like, <laughs> why the is fuck? the guy from Benson on the show? Now? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> But but still, uh, yeah. I, I mean, his his reason for wanting to keep the face is a little, meh. yeah. But they have that whole scene where Worf is training them how to be good Klingons and the best. Yeah, it's pretty great. Like, I hope all those uh, Klingons on Star Trek Discovery watch this and didn't really take any of it to heart. No. <laughs> well, how much? Just that's the first time that Cisco just like unleashed violence. Oh, yeah. And like the power. Like, Are you questioning the validity of my plan? Uh, Avery Brooks, as an actor, has got a lot of fucking skills. And al- almost all of them are better served in villain capacities. He's a big, like a broad, like, I mean, his performance is, an act, is very broad and big. Mm-hmm. He rages really good. Yeah, yeah. Like, whatever he has to rage out, it's always so satisfying. And, and th- he does those things. Now it might be because it's juxtaposed to, to, the, to the quiet, quiet demeanor. Yeah, yeah of, that's that's probably true. Uh, uh, of the character. You know, if he was a raging lunatic, like if he was at 10 every time, if he was in a serialized. Yeah. You know, if he was Ducat, for example. Yeah. And he was always at, yeah. at 10 and we might that's, not that, appreciate that's, him that's much. True. I do think that he veers more towards like Sam Jackson than Forrest Whitaker. You know, like it's like I don't know yeah. why I picked two black actors, but nonetheless, like right. um, but he, he that, can. I know why, Mister <laughs> Senator Thurman. But he does veer towards the like, like more like <laughs> that kind of that kind of performance in in the. Uh-huh. Uh, he can do a a uh, voice. What is it called? Okay, idiom. But um, right. he. Uh, <laughs> so it's so satisfying to watch him like beat and like have all of these. He's got an emotional journey on the episode, and he gets to answer all of it with violence, yeah. which is so different. I'm not yeah. saying that's cool, but he's got like a reason to in the plot. Yeah, At least it's different. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a different side of him. Where so much of Cisco is like he's struggling with repress, repressing, you know, a lot of his sort of his uncomfortableness with... Tamping down. Bajor- yeah. yeah, tamping yeah, down. Yeah. Not that he's a rage machine, but just he's in a lot of situations that make him personally uncomfortable. <laughs> like, you know, there's all of these, right. like, with Jordan shit and the, the the politics of the of the whole thing. So this is the first time where, like, he finds out that, a, like, a friend of his was murdered by this guy. Oh, yeah. And he just, like, fucking wails on him, and he has all the reason to, because there's no reason to. <laughs> like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. I and, will. And he punches him 
with a punch instead of like yeah. <laughs> when Warfister is like, uh, hey, did you mean to pimp slap me? Because uh, <laughs> that's challenged me to a fight to the death. Don't hit me with the back of your hand. Very convincing, Captain. Hmm. But was it your intention to challenge me to a battle to the death? No, not at all. Yeah, yeah. The next time, do not strike me with the back of your hand. Use your fist. That was great when he just punched Worf. Like, it's the yeah, first yeah. time that you see Cisco is embracing that. Yeah. Yeah, like all the just Klingon courtesy lessons of like, don't stand away from me. Don't speak so softly. Do you uh, insulting me? Do you, yeah. 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 Oh yeah, because little baby. If you're into world building, this is a big episode. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, yeah if you're into the whole Klingon world building, I mean, if you just like to see, if you like to see good world building anyway, it's a good episode. But if you're really into the the Klingon nerd stuff, then it's just yeah, like top yeah. five. It, it it works in contrast to emo depressive uh, Odo. Oh yeah, because he's sort of forced to do all this, but he's you know he's just. I mean, he's depressed. Mm-hmm. And so having to sort of like, it's an interesting contrast to, you know, watch the assured wharf into these situations and the sort of almost exuberance that Cisco adapts to it. Mm-hmm. The nothingness <laughs> that Colmenia adapts to. Right. And, and, but like, <laughs> that, like the aversion to not just being a Klingon, but to doing any of this shit is, is so sharp in those scenes. Yeah. Well, like, yeah, that's where you see, I mean, Cisco is like a, a, that's where I think that like, that this is like a, I don't think it's a key episode for Cisco. I don't think we learn a lot about him. I just think that like, right, right. as like a character existing in a world and having to do things that are in his wheelhouse, this is such a, like a, like, because he gets to then have satisfying to watch. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Cause he gets to have that scene with Odo, the, the second scene with Odo in the, that might even be in Ducat's like show oh, when he's like the shirking your duty won't make you feel better and all that. Yeah. Yeah. Like the pep talk kind of thing he gives him. Yeah. And it sort of builds it's, him up before they yeah, yeah. go down into the, yeah. Yeah. The, the hollow filter doubt da- is down on Ducat's ship. Like that was, that was good Ducat scene where you're like, Oh, we're being hailed by a Klingon bird of prey. And Ducat's like, God, oh, it's fine. This happens all the time. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Oh, you're going to love our hollow filter and the hollow filter doesn't work. And they're like, oh, what are we going to do? Oh, get Worf to talk to him. Get this. It's like, wait, wait a minute. And just blows him. And blam, just kills him. Yeah, and they're just like, why'd you do that? I'm at war with these motherfuckers. What do you want? <laughs> then Ducat, like, as they start to go down, then Ducat does what I really love. These sort of, like, plot twists based on actual, like, effective use of logic. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's like, we're, he goes, we're nervous about going down there for two days. I bet you're really nervous staying up here. And he's like, I'm not staying up here. <laughs> what the fuck? I'm, yeah. dumbass. I'm getting the fuck out of here. We out. And they're yeah. like, why? Why? Yeah. That's not a part of the planet. And the, the logic f- gets further explored because it's like, if you're successful, you don't need me. That's what I'm saying, yeah. And if you fail, you don't need me. Dead, yeah. Right. Oh, I thought you meant the logical, like, just him not wanting to, like, it's dangerous for to cut. It's dangerous for a clean on Warbird that nobody's expecting to hang out for two days. You know? Yeah, but like he had, and like if they a, have to answer the phone with no hollow meter, yeah, yeah but he, yeah, he yeah, could yeah. back it up and like there would literally be like no fucking reason for me to hang up. Here. Yeah, yeah, because <laughs> right. you're probably you're on your own, Joe Mosa of Cobar. You're eighty percent fucked, but on the, if you're twenty percent not fucked, they'll take you home yourself themselves. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah, so, you'll win. <laughs> so. Why yeah. am I like I'm a hundred percent fucked if I hang up here, hang out up here? Yeah. Yeah. So they they beam down and 
Joel Goss. And, and then, all right, let's go celebrate at the Hall of Warriors. Blah, blah, blah. I did. I made, I made fun of him. I like the, the tacky gold statues of the Klingons. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a, I don't know. It's great. I liked it. It was, but it, it was, uh, it did give the whole thing sort of this weird, like, vacancy feel that I thought was a yeah, little I, cheap. I guess so. But I had fun with it. I'm not. Yeah, yeah. Benign critique. Of, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of something I noticed. Yeah. Then they jump back to Jake and Bashir have a little quick scene about your dad's going to be okay. Oh, yeah. Show no fear. But then the Armstrong and the Drake are ambushed. Blah, blah, blah. You know, just character stuff. Oh, and then he goes where he's sent. It's part of the wearing that uniform. Yeah. Like, unless you just want to quit and go live on a planet with your boyfriend or something. But <laughs> yeah. And then you talked about him just taking out that guy like that's bragging about like, oh, maybe brings up a Tellarite that he just beheaded before the pig face could even raise his weapons. And then there's this Benzonite, Laporin, who put up a fight. I ripped the breathing tube from his head and... But it, apparently that guy went to the academy with Cisco, so he just kicks that guy's ass. Yeah. Right, yeah. Basically. And then comes up with this excuse. It's like, you know, don't get between me and the wine, my and the yeah. blood wine or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they do the, the everybody's favorite uh, transition uh, where there's a giant punch bowl or urn or punch bowl of, of, of yeah, yeah. blood wine. <laughs> and they're all dipping the, and these, right. like they do the transition where it's filled yeah, at the yeah. top and then to show passage of time, it's lower. Um, Odo is like, well, it's it's too bad there's no uh, sexy little bubbles. In oh, this. yeah, yeah. <laughs> alcoholic, alcoholic Odo is loving the blood. Yeah. Load. I guess yeah. that they took pills. They had to make some point that they. Yeah, the anti-intoxicants. And I, I guess I just thought. So you're just, just drinking it for the taste. Yeah, and for the show, I guess, because they're supposed to be, you know. Yeah. And, I, and that makes sense that they would do that. But on the other hand, like, wouldn't it make the, these guys look badass if they were blow to blow with with klingons but i get it it would but i wouldn't believe you know it lessens I, the klingons then it does so yeah like, yeah right uh my question about that whole party scene you know we have the transition to, oh the the barrel's empty now where are all these klingons taking a piss because uh, wherever they want to <laughs> they've been drinking all night yeah i'm sure the whole, whole place smells like Klingon. <laughs> yeah, it's piss. just ammonia the whole room <laughs> yes. Uh, what do you, what do you think blood wine is? That's how they reveal. <laughs> it's, a, uh, it's a still suit type situation. That's some black mirror <laughs> shit. <laughs> no, um, what is blood? I mean, it, it makes it's, you think it's, it's blood. fermented. Yeah, I think it's blood turned into wine, right? Fermented yeah. blood. That's what sort. I always assumed it was. Animal what? blood or like other people blood? Like good question. Tar. I imagine just depends on the the vintage. I guess <laughs> yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. Okay. No, I just it just seemed it looks it looks like wine. Whenever they have to show yeah. it, so I don't well, know. Well, when they take them into the siege, they render their liquids back to the tribe. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> wait. I'm sorry. I'm... They give their water to the tribe. <laughs> they, uh, they give their wine to the. Yeah. The okay. the wine is for the tribe. Your body is yours. Sorry. That's the Dune reference. That's, yeah. Join our Patreon. You can get that <laughs> reference. Um, they do this transit. Other thing they do in the transitions, it basically looks like that, like, Avery Brooks has just been beating fuckers up all night. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, because they they wrestle, I guess, or, you know, they, they get yeah, in punch fights. Captain of, head of the wrestling team back at the, we learn about his academy days a lot. Yeah. Like, oh, 
22 years ago. He's a little older. And so that that was that was all fun to watch. Yeah. It was more fun than to watch bubbling Colmini like not get his ball right. Right. <laughs> Not place his ball. Not place his ball right. And no, it's two o- different. It, two both it's of Odo, them. Odo that has that doesn't get his ball right. Doesn't. But do, no, doesn't. Uh, what's his face? No, is it is it Odo that drops it and then Worf has to come in and say it's a Vulcan yeah, toy? That was oh, that okay. was. Yeah. Odo. So what did Colmini? What was Colmini? He, he, he had a moment with Martok where Martok comes out. Don't I recognize you? Oh yeah, yes, yes. And he's like, uh, yeah, I'm Pahash of the House of Kanja. Which he doesn't mention his father, but I don't know how Klingon shit work. But and you're like, yeah, we fought on Mempa, dark deeds. And let's just be honest, Komini, because the fatness of his face and like the smallness of his facial features, it was a it was an uneasy look yeah. for it. For uneasy looked, look. It was a little bit unnerving. He looked so much like Komini that if I worked an office job with Komini <laughs> and one day he had worn that makeup, I don't know that I would have noticed it for an hour. <laughs> it's like when your when your coworker gets a haircut and you're just like, a, oh oh, I didn't notice. <laughs> right. Well, I thought most of the makeup. I mean, it went to the head ridges, I guess. But then I felt like an equal amount of the makeup went to giving Komini a chin. They just cover it up. No, in a beard. I feel. I feel like it just. I, did they give him a chin? Because I felt like it just left him with this wide, expansive Colmini face, <laughs> and then like there's ridges in the middle. So it was like it still <laughs> looked like Colmini. It was a rough job, and I'm sure they did the best they could. But like, unfortunately, not every facial feature is made for being put under Star Trek latex, <laughs> and uh, yeah. and Colmini's definitely one of those that isn't. Yeah. Dark, dark, dark deeds on Mempa. Yeah, dark, the dark. <laughs> yeah, it's such a joy to see Martok. I mean, it's hard. I guess this is all told. This is like just his second. Oh, Martok. This is only the second Martok. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, like because uh, Way of the Warrior is his first appearance ever, right? Really? Uh, He's not a Next Generation. Galron. I can't is. remember. It's been Galron. I know. I don't know because it's yeah. been so long since I watched those. TNG, and yeah. and Martok dies, so we never see Martok again, right? Right. Yeah, him. He's just like uh, Wayun that way. Wayun and Martok, they're killing <laughs> these people off. They yeah. never come back. Uh, uh, yeah, it's a Tingamut, which is the Vulcan toy for children. That is Worf's excuse to get because Odo is just a bumbling fuck up, I guess. What? Because Worf is or what? Uh, Odo is. Oh, Odo and then is. Worf yeah. saves his ass. Because that was like that was like again because. In all of the times that we talk about that the Worf know, like, he, that Worf is the fuck up that has to be corrected, this is, like, competent. Yeah, yeah. Worf, through this whole episode, is, like, in his element. Yeah, yeah. This kind of shit is what, you know, there's an element to comfort, and, and I feel that Michael Dorn knows how to play that, and they write it where he was just, he knows how to step in and come into the believable lie, and all of that stuff. So, it was a, yeah, it was, yeah. It was a good Worf episode, too. yeah. So yeah, they finally get he gets this thing back up, and then Galron shows up and like give us glory, blah blah blah. Live in song and story as a line, and then he starts calling out names of Hita, son of Kamar, Tuvis, son of Baralt, Hus, daughter of Altrum, and then there Jodo Cisco's got his Roku remote out and is about to push it, but then he goes Joldmos, son of Kobar, and. Somehow that stops everybody in their tracks. Uh, this is 
kind of part of me was like, just push the button. Yeah, I don't know why he didn't just do it then. Yeah. But like he he took the moment to go up and that was the, yeah, I don't understand the logical reason for not doing it then. It's like the button required a whole assembling the rifle like in Undiscovered Country or something. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so, but he ends up going up there and. He's got the, there's Galron's got the best bug eyes. Oh yeah. Yeah. Galron Galron eyes are back, man. Glory to you and your house. (laughs) Except when he says it to Cisco's, and your house. And your house. And then, then Martok calls it out and uh, give me the room and yeah and they get put in jail because he can't push the dumb button fast enough for some reason another question why did they why did they put him in jail why didn't they just kill him right the fuck there well because martok the cling well because martok has a plan oh yeah that's a good reason you're you're right that does have an into it does have a reason because they needed yeah it has to get internal yeah, yeah. logic yeah, you're right it? you're right yeah so yeah they put him in jail and then martok's like give me the room and all the other klingons go out and they give Martok their whole spiel, like, no, Gowron's a changeling, and you believe us, don't you? And he's like, well, yes, but how can I prove it? And then he has this ploy that he's saying, okay, I'm going to let you guys out. You have to, you go kill Gowron, and that, that'll solve it, and I'm going to give you this chance. And they're like, well, why don't you just challenge him to honorable battle? I was like, there will be no honorable battle. Y'all just go do this thing. And they go to do it. Oh, and this is where you get the most uninspired line of, I thought that would make you happy. Is Miles's worst line reading I've ever <laughs> I thought that would make you happy. I, I can't do it justice for how bad it is. I'll edit it in. I would have thought that would make you happy. He's pretty, he's pretty, he's checked out. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. They go back in and Galron's doing his best, like, Rodney Dangerfield. Oh, how about another toast? <laughs> well, salute Rurik the Damned, conqueror of Zorafel, liberator of Rax. And then Odo gets to realize that his his Odoness is not uh, tied to his. Uh, yes, he can still take a shit and be a detective. <laughs> That's right. As it turns right. out. <laughs> so he, yeah, he's like putting two and two together about the way Martok's acting. Well, yeah. I I feel like they moved the goalpost on us a little bit here because whenever. I I felt like at the end of last season, we were like 100% sure Garon was the changeling because of how sure, because of Odo's visceral reaction at the end of the episode, right? Mm-hmm. Right. So, of course, that's impetus for them to go on this home boom toggle to begin yeah. with. Yeah, yeah. But then for them to be like, well, wait a minute, it, they actually were trying to keep another name from me. Well, it wasn't, <laughs> it, it wasn't, a little, it's a little bit of thin soup, which is fine because it's a, it's a great episode. Right. Well, though, it's feel, don't you feel a little like there was a real weight and gravity and holy shit moment at the end of the last season? Well, I thought they did a pretty good job of rationalizing the twist. It was like, oh, they were playing a con on Odo the whole time. He says in this sure. that they put that in there because they knew <laughs> they, they he says that. Like they knew yeah. that I would see Gowron and and this was the whole plan of starting a war right. by having because Worf goes in there and is they're gonna shoot kill Gowron and Gowron is like, No, I'll fight you. I'm not afraid. And so him and him and war for fighting. And then Martok, actually, I thought it was kind of interesting that Martok pulls, he prevents Odo from going into the room, probably because he's a changeling and he's trying not to get him killed. Maybe he's got a little bit loyalty to, but yeah. And I don't know. 
I think he just didn't want any Odo around him, right? Uh, I guess they were going to have to pull some shenanigans to get because yeah, he needed to like off Odo. Was he trying to uh, right to make yeah, it? I mean, a, I don't know if he well because I don't really understand. This is the part of the Martok's plan I don't really understand. If they do activate, oh, they weren't going <laughs> to activate the ball. Well, he's calling it an audible anyway. It's not like the Martok <laughs> like knew that he was going to have to do yeah. all this anyway. Yeah, that's true. They weren't activating the balls. That's what it was. He yeah. said that Gowron destroyed them. They're like, you actually destroyed them, didn't you? And Odo figures it out. And, and then they were just at that point, just go kill Gowron. It wasn't about convincing right. the Klingons that Gowron was a change. Yeah, because if they kill him, he's going to turn into a goo pile, and then that's yeah. th- that's out of the bag, But except he's not actually a changeling, so that would just spark a war between the Federation and the Klingons. Now, uh, a little bit uh, from the behind the scenes stuff that I read, it sounds like, and I'm not, I'm not 100% sure, but it sounds like that they had, uh, at the end of last season, they did intend Galron to be. I, uh, right. I have heard that too. And the reason they changed is that as the, the legend of TNG grew, all of these sort of golden characters from that show couldn't be fucked with. Uh, so, and so they were a little nervous right. about killing yeah. off a. I mean, I, I mean, like, there's a, like a half a season built around Galron and right, TNG. Right. There is, yeah. Galron casts a long, a long shadow over a good chunk of TNG. Yeah, and but if you kill him, if you actually have that reveal, like how then you have to think, well, shit, how long have right, the founders right. yeah. been playing this game? Did that mean that all that shit with Picard? Were we dealing with the real Galron? Yeah. Or when did they make the switch? All this stuff, like, did did. Picard accidentally help changelings get into power, mm, yeah, yeah. get a foothold, because then that would mean that Picard was responsible for killing Cisco's <laughs> wife and it, and putting a changeling in charge <laughs> of the got empire and empire. all of the deaths that ensued from like, that. Yeah, yeah, uh, right. So how many? How many? How many <laughs> shit mistakes was Picard personally responsible for? So yeah, it it makes sense that you can't actually have Galron right. be for the larger franchise. You know, for yeah. the sake of the larger franchise. And and I do think making the switch that they did, it does do a good job of showing how full of guile the changelings are. They're like, of course, Odo would have noticed. Yeah, it. yeah. We put it. Yeah, you know, we planted. Yeah, yeah. That makes it. That makes them a little bit smarter. Mm-hmm. And it and it adds like a you know like, it adds like a little twist. You know, everybody. Mm-hmm. everybody I like a little twist. I don't like like. Yeah. I don't like it when they do like you know mystery box twists for my sure like, sure sure <laughs> sure. This was a palpable uh, twist that made yeah, sense. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. It was just a tw- you could understand what's going yeah, it was on. Just a little thing. Like, and so then when they <laughs> when they killed J, uh, J. G. Ballard, uh, <laughs> right? Don't bring uh, a whip to a gunfight. He's like, oh, I got a tentacle, and they're just like, bam, 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 bam. They yeah, they just all shoot him, which is great. <laughs> um, if they did want to keep him alive, right? But then they just that became untenable, so they shot yeah, him, right? Yeah. But I they killed. Okay, so Jay, but speaking of that, then they. Well, the Klingons didn't give a shit about keeping him alive. So. They had so much fun with Ballard that. Yeah. Uh, on set, and they saw how good of a job he is, and they were like, yeah, why, why did we kill that guy off? And, yeah, uh, that's a shame that they killed that guy off. Yeah, that yeah sucks. I'm not saying they ever changed their mind. Who knows? <laughs> we yeah. got, but uh, yeah. they, they, were, yeah. they were. I mean, I'm just. I'm still mad at them for killing Martok. That's. Hmm. Well, how are you going to fix that? That was very remorseful about the yeah. So, so when they wrote it, they did expect like Galrod to die. Yeah, which is what he'd happen. Yeah. Um, that's that's exactly what happens. I like Galrod is like if you if your blood weren't so thin, you would have gone ahead and killed me, Worf. I like 
I like that old. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You could have killed I, me when you had the chance. Yep, which happens again. <laughs> not, to, oh. not to tease, not to spoil, but. And then they go back home. Uh, everybody's so we yeah. now basically they did what they wanted to do. So this episode, outside of just being a good Klingon episode, this fixed their. Oh, we talked a lot in season four about the notes, the show notes they got that, and sort of the derailed the season. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, this episode was them like deciding, no, we want to go back to the Dominion. Mm-hmm. We want to end all this Klingon shit. But we don't want to like hard turn. We don't want to like reboot it. Like have a you know a new yeah. a new. <laughs> so they wanted uh, to uh-huh. justify it, but 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 ending it's definitively ending the Klingon story arc. Um, also, fans. It was a fan service thing. Fans were now a, ju- a, a fans now liked Klingons. So yeah. like bad Klingon. Like they don't like Klingons. Klingons aren't an effective villain anymore. Oh yeah. So, because the fans' sympathies lie with the Klingons, so they right. had to move that. Which might be why they changed. Which might be why they changed the Klingons for Discovery. That's a brain worm that might go with me. Oh uh, yeah. Because the people have an innate uh, affinity for the Klingons now. I guess so, but so they're not an effective villain. Maybe. I guess I think they wanted people to like the Klingons. On, this ain't the Discovery. But they podcast. wanted to be. They wanted them to be scared of the Klingons, or or have to be an effective villain. But nonetheless, I, mean, um, I don't know. Yeah, this is yeah, that's podcast. yeah, discovery. Podcast. But um, that's another thing. So they make the Klingons friends again, friends Federation. Friends. Except they don't exactly. I, like I, my memory is like, oh, this totally ends the war, and I guess it kind of does. But even Gowron is like, I can't just, I can't just end the war. It's not that easy. You have to give us the Arcanus sector oh, back, and yeah, and then Cisco's like, oh, I don't think we can do that. But we'll talk, and then he agrees. Yeah, that's what every Star Trek ends with, like, but are you willing to start negotiations? Like, so they... Yeah, yeah. So that's where it goes from there. That's like winning on Star Trek. Sure, sure. Then they all get their faces taken off. Odo wants to (laughs) keep his... Give you any face you want. Yeah. As long as it looks like a human face. Uh, Ivory Brooks didn't like the ridges, but he he liked the fangs. Yeah, I'll miss the fangs. And, and Miles just hated all of it. Yeah, yeah. He, like, he just looks scarred in the whole process. <laughs> uh, yeah. So that I mean, that was that was it. That, I don't yeah, think there was the a, end. like a button on it. But basically, the Odo got the Odo got his groove back. He can walk the. <laughs> How did Odo get his groove back? Well, they said good. they said at the end, "What are you going to do, Odo?" And he goes, "I'm going to strut." And then he walks down, <laughs> play, walks down the hall playing. Uh, <laughs> What's the Saturday Night Fever? So, uh, we, yeah, this, this is you guys got. Where's it going this, on? Other here? than this being a great episode, I mean, any closing thought or like any any thoughts like uh, loose threads that you feel like we need that we need to bring bring up? No, this was like a pretty this solid. Was, this was like a yeah, this was like a solid episode. Uh, the only stuff I didn't love was the little banter between Kira and Bashir. And I, I like that. I do think that like that that scene with Jake, I, I do realize that Jake is now fully being ill served in the show by not having Nog or he doesn't have anyone to talk to that's not like True. over him. Like I did like he, the Jake scene, but it would yeah, I mean it, he does miss Nog. I Yeah, that. but like every time you have Jake now, it's like a he's either joking it's, around him staring wistfully over the promenade yeah, that's about yeah it. he's someone's given giving him some platitudinous bullshit like, like he's been, <laughs> right. like that's all that you see him at now yeah or he's getting 
He's getting space fucked by a vampire, a, uh, a writing teacher. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Yes. yes, we're we're in a little bit of a dry spell for Jake. That is correct. I, I would agree with that. Yeah, it's, uh, that's my only little thing I notice is that. Oh, uh, yeah. I will say next episode, I might like more than this one. Oh, okay. I don't know. I like next. I, I watched ahead this one time. I'm not saying and I love this one, but next episode is pretty great. All right. Well, OK, let's go on the rewatch meter. Then if, if you're talking eight, about how much you love it, what do you put on rewatch? Oh, oh, this is this is. This is like my favorite episode this to rewatch. Jam. This is yeah. a hard ten. This is a hard ten. Like, yeah, yeah. For- yeah, this is. Yeah, I would say this is like if I. This is like, yeah, like between an eight or nine. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna mm-hmm. like pull for this one. If I'm if I'm gonna go, you know, dipping for a Deep Space Nine episode after like a hard day at work or whatever, yeah. I want to watch something. This is there's a lot of fun fun in here enough and oh, yeah. intrigue that yeah, yeah I'm yeah, I'm probably gonna eight or nine yeah. for me too mm-hmm. yeah. I can see how it could be a 10. This is like your favorite one, so. I guess I should say it's my most enjoyable watch. I don't know if, like, like there's episodes that have bigger importance. Sure, sure. But this is, a, this is like a fun one. This is my favorite to watch. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay. Uh, this re- is I that don't fun. Know, like, yeah. I, I mean, I. I Eight point. Like, for me, when Data builds a daughter and she dies at the end. I mean, I'm just joking. Yeah, yeah. Or, the ones where he fucks Tasha Yar. That's or, the opposite or duet, of or duet, where they, uh, duet where they deal with survivor's guilt and, and, and genocide. Uh, what do you guys think the people of IMDb think? 8.7. What? 8.7? Yep, Motherfucker went 8. high. 8.7? I don't know, is that what man. That's a, is that what that's, a, that's a bold move. I know. <sighs> But you know Probably what? I don't, the wrong one. No, <laughs> I don't want him to overtake. Fuck. 8.5. Let's see where it lays. All right. This has got 764 yeah. votes. Yeah. Well, it's 8.2. Huh. Not quite as high. I think us as a podcast, yeah. we, we like it more than that. Like, it's still over thing, eight. I, I mean, at this yeah, point, I mean, it's, they it's still cool. like it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's not I like don't know. when we were yeah. given. We were giving rejoined eight, so it turned out to be like a four or something like that. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah. it, it didn't make it doesn't make me question like the validity of the people watching the show. Uh, right. yeah. hey, yeah. uh, the the show that Lane or Wade, sorry, right, huh? tired. The show that Wade loves so much is called The Ship. It's next week, um, and it's got an actress that's not uh, Lisa Marie Presley, but looks a lot like Lisa Marie Presley. <laughs> uh, so. All right. <laughs> yes, you are correct. I'm looking at it right now. Watch the show. Folks should Google or, or folks. Yes. <laughs> this will be come back next week uh, on our rules of acquisition where we discuss the uncanny resemblance of this actress to Lisa Marie Presley. All right. All right. Well, all right. Let's, let's. Uh, move on to voicemails and emails, right, Wade? you want but don't get between me and the blood wine uh, all right here we go we've got here's a voicemail from eric about the muse which i don't think he liked very much hey gentlemen it's uh, eric from pennsylvania I really can't believe I'm doing this, but I'm calling in about the muse. (laughs) I don't, I feel bad extending the discussion about this garbage episode any longer. 
but I just feel like I have to get some something off my chest. I'm honestly angry that this episode got made. Like it really, it really bothers me that this was able to get through the writer's room without anybody picking up on how to do anything with it. Like how does an entire room of writers first off think, Oh, we'll have a plot about a borderline abusive controlling relationship and just not address that in any way. Like that's gross enough. But what really bugs me like as a creative type to use the most gross terminology as an artist, let's put it that way, is that the Jake Sisko space vampire plotline could have been really interesting if Jake had any understanding of what was happening and any agency whatsoever. Because hmm. especially for like an 18-year-old artist, the idea of burning out and dying young but creating something that would live forever, like that's super tempting for a young artist. That makes complete sense to an 18-year-old artist mind and would be something really fascinating to explore. And an entire room of writers who at one point were 18-year-old artists just looked at this and said, and no, let's just not do anything with it. <laughs> that, that, that makes me really angry. Like it's not even – it's not like a season one episode that was trying for something and failing miserably. It just they, – they didn't even decide to try for anything and that's real sad. That's just real sad. Anyway, I, I just had to get that off my chest. So carry on. Podcast about better episodes. We'll pretend this never happened. Uh, have a good one. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a critique of the muse I wasn't expecting. Yeah, uh, that's a good point. I mean, I guess every story could be good. I think this is sort of the moral of oh yeah yeah of of what he's saying. Like, there's potential in every story, and. <laughs> Yeah, this was a complete misfire on, on a lot of different levels. Yeah. I mean, you have a space vampire. You have a space vampire. They, they have a space vampire squandered, basically. <laughs> right. Space, space, yeah, just space vampire. I'm on board. Oh, yeah. Right. No. Yeah, mm. the one thing I would say is that um, I, I get the first the first part of his question where Whitney addressed the, the uh, domestic abuse element. That's because they're a writer room full of men. That's <laughs> that's the but the second question has a validity. Why would a group of young artists not know how to write the temptation of a young artist? And yeah, I don't, there's no excuse for it. Which is one of the more <laughs> like they didn't give a shit is probably like about this episode is probably the answer, but that's not a good answer. And yeah, no, it's it's yeah yeah no I agree. It's uh it's just it's depressing and you know it, it let me down it's underwhelming and it let me down <laughs> yeah oh i think the muse let all of us down yeah uh, yeah it's but uh, you just pointed out a new way that the muse continues to disappoint <laughs> eric that's that's actually pretty impressive yes uh you know i i, I thought i already knew about all the ways that was a garbage episode nope you you just he found a new uh, angle yeah loot. <laughs> yeah 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 uh, all right here we got a voicemail from Bucky with the good hair. Oh, great. 
Hey guys, uh, Bucky calling in again to annoy. I know I've done um, three voicemails in a row, one on the Mirror Universe and one on the Maquis, and now one that I hope will make your episode on the quickening. Um, because I wanted to pick up on a voicemail I'd left long ago about Dr. Bashir. And I postulated that there are about six or seven Deep Space Nine episodes that serve to punch Julian Bashir in the face and make him grow up. One of those being battle lines, uh, and then one of them being the quickening. And I think this is a really great episode because as terrible as the doctor, as he is shown to be on Deep Space Nine, he's still academically really accomplished. He was, as we know, second in his class. So he's not stupid, even though he's not necessarily Beverly Crusher. Um, and this is, I think, the first time in his career, despite some of the individual episode failings he has, where he's got a problem that he consistently cannot solve. Um, and I think this is the first time he's ever seen the effects of a plague or, you know, a virus en masse like this. And he's certainly never seen um, anything that's designed purely to cause suffering the way this is. We don't know how extensively he studied the Borg, but um, I think this is, a, this is a really important episode for Dr. Bashir. And for me personally, this is the turning point with Bashir where subsequently I like him a lot more going forward. Because the more he gets smacked around, the better a doctor and the more interesting a character he becomes. And this is also an episode vis-a-vis -vis his relationship with Dax where it's clear he's put a lot of the silly, drooling, frat boy stuff for her behind him. And... Um, I just I, re I I do like this episode and word about you know three two or three uh, episodes into my punch Doctor Bashir campaign, uh, we'll get another one in season five with Doctor Bashir I presume, um, and then another in Rocks and Shoals actually, uh, and the siege of AR five five eight and. I mean, I'm 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 not gonna censor myself on episode titles, but um <laughs> I hope this makes it into the discussion for this the, the, the quickening. Um and holy crap, those Jemadar Dominion scientists are not fucking around, are they? Yeah. All right, take care guys. Later. <laughs> all right. Yeah, I think I, Okay, so I'm sorry. Oh we we all have we all have like yeah, a lot of good thoughts on yeah, he's very insightful about a character trajectory here that I've been hard on. Mm -hmm. So I, I just want to say right off the gate, I think that probably we're coming up on peak Bashir, whereas early Bashir was insufferable and almost like and really hard to watch. Starting with the quickening, we are going to get the uh, Bashir must suffer episodes <laughs> where he's taken down a couple notches so he can be built back up and maturing a little bit. And then, you know, I and think then, later Bashir and, is bad. Uh, right. Uh, well, right. yeah, so, we're we're getting there. Uh, yeah, sorry, I think the quickening already aired by the time we get this in there, but I think we'll hear your. Voice oh yeah, now. yeah. Well, I think he's is he calling for the? I mean, the quickening is already aired. Well, yeah, but so, I don't think it aired when he sent this in. But Anyways, it's but fine. No, but yeah, mm -hmm. I mean, obviously that was surprisingly uh, a sheer heavy episode that I I I liked quite a bit, uh, and I even. Uh, yeah, that's one of your yeah. favorites so yeah, far. Yeah, it was it made my yeah, it yeah. made my white album for the season. So, um and his relationship with Dax is 
pretty good. Like you said, I think um, I, I, I watched a few in the where we're going and I think we're getting close to pretty good Dax too. I think we're about. Oh yeah, yeah. This I is where they. We, this is where Dax coasts. Yeah, and and she. Well, I think she more than coasts. I think she like holds her own pretty well. The acting's oh, better. I mean. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like she gets into she gets. She, it's not about climbing. Yeah, it, yeah, it's yeah. It's about like being her character and, and finding it and and sort of being in the character. Yeah, yeah. So she's. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, it, she's much more present in in the episodes and not weird. Or bad, right? Yeah, sure. Uh, and it keeps going, but uh, until yeah. it stops. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, and, and and where that might stop, it it might be disputed. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> it, it's going to be interesting to see how we deal with that. Right. We've been talking about that reveal since season one, and saying, "Well, well, we got to hold off." Which one are we talking about? But, like uh, the Bashir or the Bashir. Bashir? Oh yeah, the Bashir. Bashir. Oh yeah, no. I was well, talking I'm talking about, about Dax at the moment. I was talking, about, yeah, Dax, I was talking I think, about. I was like, I know it's pretty clear it's where, the, where the Dax stuff is. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. No, sorry, they, yeah. The characters have interesting parallels because their Dax is severely underused and underdeveloped in yeah. the first couple seasons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then and then we get peak Dax, and then we don't. <laughs> right. Right. So. uh it's interesting how both Bashir and Dax will have parallel uh, yeah. stuff going yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. Arguably, uh, and then we don't, happens a lot more definitively with Dax. I'm right on this that there's actually <laughs> two big reveals with Bashir, right? I think so. Yeah. Yes, there are two big reveals. There's two giant, like, retconning <laughs> Oh, yes, uh, yes, 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 yes. Yes, so, yes, yes. Yes, there yes, are yes, two. Yes, yes, right. yes, yes, yes. Okay, uh, all right. So We've said too much. What, Thanks again, Bucky. Yes. Always love hearing yes. from you. What do we got next? All right, here we go. Let's see. Oh, I don't know who this is from, but we'll find out. Mystery date. Mystery date. <laughs> hey, guys. Um, I listened to the episode about To the Death and forgot how much I enjoyed that one. So I had to go and rewatch it last night. Um, and it reminded me of something that I wanted to call and leave a message for you about, which I don't know if anyone else has addressed. So I apologize if this is um, repetitive or anything. But uh, watching DS9 as a teenage girl in the 90s, um, and so... You know, take this with a grain of salt, because granted, I was evaluating the characters through the eyes of a teenager, but um, I really loved the characters of Kira and Dax because I got not one, but two super strong women who totally owned themselves and were capable of, like, rescuing themselves and fighting for what they cared about, both physically and emotionally. And that even still, is kind of a rare thing on television. So, um, you know, even when the characters were badly written, which they were for a long time, but so were most of the characters on DS9, you know, the writers just had no clue who these people were for the first few seasons. And in some cases, maybe throughout the show. Uh-huh. But, um, yeah, it's easy to forgive the sometimes choppy acting and poorly written uh, characterizations because I just had these two awesome role models who I totally fell in love with and was like, yay, this is a show that I can get into because I can relate to because I want to grow up and be a strong woman. And, you know, completely nerdy too. Um, so anyway, uh, oh yeah, one other thing. 
So about those Christmas sweaters, how are those coming along? Um, Taldor Joy asked. Oh, yeah. We... <laughs> Peace out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got to get those Christmas sweaters yeah. uh, going for next season. For next don't season, we? yes. Uh, yeah. Christmas, uh, Christmas, Christmas is a horror. I mean, is a horrible, horrible time mm-hmm. for us. Oh yeah, two of us have like family, like kids, and then Wade lives away from his family, so has to like teleport all over America. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I, yeah, I usually yeah, take does. about two weeks off in December where so, I'm just driving all over. So the trying country. to do a complicated, multifaceted podcast about a 50 year old sci fi novel proved hard <laughs> enough. <laughs> right. over that time period oh god uh, yeah Edmund. no she brings up a great point though about watching you know I, we i we were teenagers oh, yeah, in the 90s yeah. as well mm, so yes. i think i think that's the point i want to make like you don't have to oh yeah, yeah i understand and i understand from an outside perspective what that must have been like because i also remember teenage girls in my social circles in the 90s felt very strongly about the x-files because of uh scully yes and she was an aspirational figure for the girls I knew in high school. Well, middle school and then high school. Mm-hmm. I mean, because yeah, I remember like in eighth grade. That's when she wasn't a girl. X-Files she wasn't a damsel. She wasn't a girlfriend. She wasn't. I mean, she was. She was a doctor yeah, and a skeptic yeah, yeah. and the voice of reason, mm-hmm. and she could do everything. And it's great that they just made her uh, yeah. a rape victim with having a rape baby. <laughs> uh, yeah. They didn't do oh, that with well, Dax, that at least. Before, and she's, that was yeah. a doctor. And, yeah. And, well, they just revealed well, they that. that, that they I, don't, I just know that X-Files fandom is aghast at what the new show just did. Oh. So. It just well, yeah. yeah. Well, anyway, I, I don't blame anybody who sees, like, when you have no representation on TV, yeah. I can only imagine because as being a straight white male in america i've had 200 years of white yeah, men, yeah, yeah. 200 <laughs> years plus of 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 representation lot, but i can only imagine yeah, we're not starved right. for we're not starved for daddy figures no I, I do <laughs> no think that, but we i do think that like our, we're, we're not penalizing any 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 female we're not penalizing anybody because uh, oh, uh, no, we we're like good for you i think that's awesome that that the show is able to deliver that one of the things that i discovered on the show was that like i had always I, you know, I hate to like, you know, that, that, that Cisco is like my super cool black boss, <laughs> you know, like I want to like work for, you know, he's not, he's not daddy, I, you know, but like, yeah, he is a, like a cool, you know, you want to like, Hey, every, every guy like me wants to hang out with super cool older black dudes. It's like a cool card sort of thing. And, uh, he filled that role. And when you're watching the first season and you're like, Oh, he's, He's written uneven and, you know, like there's things that, like he doesn't have a hold of the character. You know, it was hard to see those critiques uh, and do when we did our rewatch yeah. in that first season. So, oh, right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the first two, you know, as a teenager growing up in the 90s and watching the show, I just liked it. You know, I was like, oh, the all the criticisms that we've had of Dax and Bashir, I didn't have those the first oh, yeah. time I watched it. It's like, didn't. you know, I was like, oh, I'm long for the, you know, like this. Maybe if I like watch this new Star Trek, I'd be like, "Oh, it's fine." You know, I'm along for the ride. It's, maybe I still am that way. Because you're, you're full of critiques on that. Show. I'm just kidding. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, more than yes, some yes, a lot of people that like the show, of, I yes, do. Yes, uh, yes, let, that's that. Yeah, less than you guys. That, that, that is fair. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, you're not giving but, it a pass. But yeah, and and you know, yeah, I. 
I never realized how, you know, all my critiques of Bashir I didn't have growing up. I liked the guy. Me too. Yeah. I liked what they did with it, you know, and Dex too. But, and, you know, and I, and I like what they do eventually with the characters and stuff on the show mm-hmm. too. But, uh, yeah, I think that yeah. even this rewatch I've, I've seen like that, that Worf didn't come off immediately awesome like the first time, like right. I feel like he did. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so even in the fourth season, I was a little bit of like, like turn down your expectation, you know, like like memory versus reality sort of set in a little bit mm-hmm. in the season. I didn't notice that really until I sat down to do my white album, and I was like, no, there's a lot of duds. There's a lot of wharf duds in the season. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, like that um, sort of Kalis. I remember being real excited about. Nope, failed and execute yeah. Google on the rewatch. Yeah, um, but yeah, but again, in the '90s, I thought it was great too. So and it. Love to hear from you. Uh, oh, I'm not sure if we got her that name. Your, uh, that that was no, the no. We don't. No, nope. That was not anyone we heard from. She just saw it on. She saw the uh, sweater. Uh, I think on. I tweeted about it. Yeah, well, they, and people well, liked they. it. And and you know what? I it's a great Christmas sweater. I I hope we get that for next season. But I think Pildar Joy yeah, is a catch-all. It's, it's sure. for every holiday. We'll hear it. It's, <laughs> right. yeah, it's yeah. bigger probably, than Christmas. Probably really. not appropriate on Martin Luther King <laughs> right. Day, but I think we'll... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, fair enough. I do. I still do want a Christmas or Han- you know, a holiday sweater that says Pildar Joy. Has mm-hmm. someone it. But, uh, you know, when we start selling merch and everything, I mean, maybe we'll get to it. <laughs> we got right. more calls? Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> hey, guys. Uh I just realized I called and left you guys a message about an hour ago about Kira and X, and I don't think I ever said my name. Um, just call me Lonk from Pennsylvania. Lonk from Pennsylvania. <laughs> Actually, my name is Poppy, um, or at least that is what people know me as. So, much love. Um, keep up the good work and happy holidays and so forth. Your old pal, Poppy. <laughs> Okay, that sounds great. That's Poppy. The, the, All right, that got to Poppy or Walk from Pennsylvania. Well, you know, uh, I I thought there was a pause, but there was a pause there. I thought it was going to be revealed to be Nana Visitor. Held our joy, assholes, indeed. It is I, Nana Visitor. I have, I have this. The the more the more and more the people start listening to our podcast, I have this growing fear that. Like she or or even Renee Abergenoir or any of them will we'll start listening to it and how mean I am to her on those first few episodes. I know. And I just want to like like that I, I want to, that's not a representation of how I feel about you and the toto of the show. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Every time I'm like, oh man, I hope they listen to the recent episodes where we're just like, Yeah, they're great, they're great, they're great. Yeah. Not yeah. don't start at the beginning if you're listening, uh, Terry Farrell. She should she, <laughs> she should start a uh, duet if Nana Visitor ever wants to start listening to our podcast. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and Terry Farrell, uh, we'll let you yeah, know. Well, you we were uh, the kissy, the the. No, I think she gets great. If the it, lesbian kiss episode rejoined. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, we're very yeah. we're very generous. Yeah, right she's there. she's 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 fucking she fantastic. Is. All right, all right. Thanks again, Poppy. Love to hear from you. Good to get your name and. Yeah. All right, Wade. So. If folks want to get a hold of us, what should we tell them? Oh, we should tell them to go f- no uh, to give us a call at nine one seven four zero eight three eight nine eight, which is our little hot 
hotline number. So let us know what you think about uh, this episode or other stuff that you want to talk about. Maybe we'll talk about it. Uh, so, yeah, give us a call, 917-408-3898, or send us an audio file. Try to keep it under three minutes because that's when the voicemail will cut you off at rulesofacquisitionpodcast at gmail.com. And check us out. If you want to support the show and get some more stuff out of it, go to patreon.com slash kickersofelves. Check out Much A Dune About Nothing, our Dune... What we call real support. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Not just moral support. Right, right. Uh, yeah. Check out our audio exegesis on Frank Herbert's Dune. And we got that and a lot of other audio content over there. and Our goop. Oh, uh, yeah. Get our... We got a lot of stuff over there. All right. Well, thanks again for listening to the Rules of Acquisition. We hope you come back and join us next week. For Wade, James, and myself, three to beam out. Do you know the cunt weasels that run this show have a call in line, where you can express your DS9 wishes and DS9 dreams into their ear holes? They will play them on air and try to be nice to you, because one day they hope to sell you Blue Apron snacks and underwear made out of Modal. The number is 917-408-3898. That number again is 917-408-3898. You will probably want to talk about how hot Dax and Bashir are. That is great. These pretentious asses also love it when people say they are wrong. So feel free to do that. James will probably go off on a knowingly obtuse rant about construction issues or political sophistication. We know you love that. Again 917-408-3898. Did you know that some Deep Space Nine podcasts have more reviews than us on iTunes? Doesn't that piss you off? Please review us on iTunes. We need to feel loved sometimes.